Let's welcome Ababawa to the show now as we have a good chat with her. She hails from the Western Cape, Kayalicha. Uh, and I have to say the gem, the gem who hails from Kayalicha. Babawa, a warm welcome to the show and thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Um, it's such a pleasure to be chatting with you um, it's so today. so good to chat. I was stalking you on Instagram. <laughs> I was seeing you hanging out with Monira Ramatula. I was mm. awfully jealous. What did you do on Valentine's Day? Oh, well, on Valentine's Day, to my surprise, I actually received a very beautiful bouquet of roses I with some saw. chocolate in them. Mm. Um, and thank you to whoever sent them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you have a, so, a secret admirer? I'd like to think so. Um, yeah, so my Valentine's Day was, was quite special in that day. You still don't know who sent it? I have an idea, to be honest with you, but that's a discussion for a different day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. I love a good romantic story. So you, you have an inkling as who who it is, who it might be, but you haven't reached mm-hmm. out to this person and said anything like, hey, thanks, or hey, was it you? I have not. Um, I think I haven't quite summoned up the courage to do that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, I think I'll find the right way. I just have to be strategic <laughs> about that. <laughs> it's interesting. Let me know, okay? Hit me up. Hit me up once you once you do find the courage to do that. <laughs> I will. I if it will. <laughs> is something that you've got a lot of courage to do is, is go for your dream. Explain mm. where that courage and that vision and focus comes from. I think... Um, that day I realized uh, the impact of sport in my life and in other young people's lives. I think that was the day that uh, my eyes opened to a whole new world mm-hmm. um, in, in, in so much that, um, you know, I wanted to get involved more. I wanted to be part of it more. It was something that I did not want, I still don't want to ever lose sight of or, or you know, lose the presence of it in my life. So, yeah, I think that your sport has played a very important role um, in my life and mm. my development as a human being. Did it save you from something? I would say so. Um, you know, as you know, I'm from Kailija, um, you know, a township that is unfortunately quite notorious. Um, you know, specifically, um, you know, not the safest place for young girls. You know, that that's the honest truth. Mm. And I feel that my constant involvement you know in sport and rugby in particular has sort of um created some kind you know some kind of an escape of some kind and you know so i think that had it not been for sport or rugby in particular i definitely would not have been where i am today where would you be (sighs) i don't know um but definitely not in a good space. Mm, mm. With sport having saved you, as you said, keeping you on the straight and narrow and giving you something to focus, do you feel pressure? I mean, and we'll get to your achievements in, in a little bit, but do you feel pressure to go back to the younger you in Kayalicha growing up and wanting to introduce the word sport, whether rugby sprouts from that or tennis or football, doesn't matter, uh, do you feel the responsibility to show other young girls the way? Yes, I think responsibility is, is um, the, the, the fitting term. It, it's not pressure at all, um, to be quite honest with you. It's something that I love doing. Um, it's a passion of mine. It comes from the heart. Um, you know, I love you know being 
involved in actually introducing sports to young people, mm. getting involved, whether it be in the form of coaching or just getting involved with foundations that do same. Um, you know, so um, it's not a pressure at all, but um, it's a responsibility that I've taken upon myself and that I embrace every mm. single day. With that not being pressure to lead the way, is being a role model pressure? Mm. Um, it, it, it again, it's a responsibility that comes with with um, the role in which we play in the sporting world. Um, you know, it's a choice that you make. It's either you accept that responsibility or you or you back out of it. And I've chosen to accept it. Um, you know, and it's very very important. I cannot stress it enough that we actually have role models, good role models, mm-hmm. who not necessarily validate the dreams of young girls, but show them that you know. Dreams do come true. It is possible. It doesn't matter where you come from. You can come from Kailita, um, rural Eastern Cape, wherever. Mm. Dreams do come true. And it's vital that you become positive points of reference. Like Casta Semenya, for instance. Yeah. She's my role model. Um, her story is phenomenal. And that is where I get some of my courage from. Mm. I know that if a Casta Semenya can exist, then definitely a Baba Lolacha can exist too. Amazing. I love that. The first sport you played... The first sport I played um, was in such football. I was born into football, believe it or not. <laughs> My father was a footballer. And he coached a football team at some point. So, uh, yeah, I played football quite a lot um, as a young girl. I even had a dream of playing for Banyana Banyana uh-huh, one uh-huh. day. Um, you know, Portia, you, this Portia Modise was, 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 was my idol mm. um, growing up. But then... Um, of course, the rugby bug bit um, at some point, and there was there was where no. Did it, where did it catch you? Me. Because where did it find you? You know, to sway you off the course of what has really been entrenched in your family. You know, you know, I actually started um, rugby quite late in my life, in comparison to 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 the average starting age of of. of late of late being how how old? I was 20 um, when I started playing in my first year of university. Um, I took up, I first took up the sports in the sevens form, mm. and then later on in the fifteens. I'd had a glimpse of it um, here in Kalicha actually through the VUCA program run by the South African Rugby Legends Association. But when I got to university, that was when I actually, um, you know, saw that girls can actually play rugby, you know. Mm. Because it, I've never seen it ever before. And I think that is what captured me. The fact that it, it was so it was so empowering. Because the <laughs> minute I was in that space, you know, <laughs> it's an unspeakable sense of freedom, you know, that mm. you, that one that one feels. For once, um, you know, my physique was acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I could be just a beast on a rampage type yeah. of type of a thing. And that's liberating. What is it? I mean, take me through that moment because I guess when I come into a studio and I turn on on the mic and there's butterflies mm-hmm. and you know it, it's my high, it's it's my drug, <laughs> if you will. I live for my next fix, and I'm sure that the same relates to you. The minute you're on the pitch and the beast mm. is let loose and off you go, man. Take me through the adrenaline that's pumping and what goes through your mind, if anything. It's absolutely exhilarating and. Um, you know, just, uh, how do I even describe it? <laughs> you know, just the, the first impact that you make, um, the first time that you get your hands on the ball, um, you know, and, and, you know, take it up into contact as, as 
is expected of a prop. <laughs> um, you know, just just that that feeling of being in control, of being in a power position, and um, it's empowering. Um, you know, so that that's addictive. Um, mm. You know, it, it really is addictive. Just being the highest um, version of yourself, the best version of yourself within those four lines. Mm. Mm. It's an unspeakable. I know Joy, there's honestly. no words that you can kind of put together to really, to find yes, to, to, to give <laughs> me that essence, which means, you know, it's it's indescribable. You talk about mm. for once your physique, then, you know, I, I guess relating to physique, do you feel like you fit in? With, within the rugby space, I do. Mm. Um, because it's acceptable to be, a, a, you know, a, a rather... Muscular, masculine built, you know, type of women, you know, your shoulders are broad, you know, you have a, a, a massive physical presence, you know. The rugby space, you know, it accommodates and appreciates that those rugby is for everyone in all kinds of shapes and, and sizes. And mm. in that, I found some kind of refuge because outside of that, um, in a society that is um, that is not um, sort of accustomed to women being strong, physically strong yeah. and physically dominant. And, you know, one becomes prone to certain nasty comments, mm. you know. Have you ever felt that? Nasty. Have you felt unaccepted, you know, before finding your space of acceptance? I think, um, yes, before, before that, um, you know, at, at some point I felt I never fitted in anyway. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, not in the football space, not in... Not, not anywhere, really. Mm. And once I stepped into the rugby um, uh, the rugby sphere, like I said, I keep talking about freedom. I felt free to be myself, yeah. and and that was the best thing. It was acceptable, yeah. you know. Your home. It was it was okay that I could have broad shoulders. It was okay that I, you know, had large large biceps and so on, you know. So that's the one thing that I feel that. I found my home. In mm, mm. They were like, welcome, welcome. Yes, you belong <laughs> here. Come on in. <laughs> Let's talk about sevens. Did that prepare you for the level that you're playing at now? It it, it played a role, a very big role in that um, because I've gotten, the, I've gotten the opportunity to play at the highest possible level in sevens at the Rugby World Cup. So mm. I've gotten some kind of, of exposure and and. and um, Know, a taste in terms of what the standard is, and I took that um, with me out of sevens into the fifteens. Um, mm. You know, constantly striving to be, you know, at my utmost best all the time. And you know, that is what what sevens requires because the game is so fast and there's so much space. In a blink of an eye, things can happen. Yeah. So I, I took that those elements um, and tried to incorporate it into into my game, so I can be the elite athlete that I so so very much strive to be all the mm, time. Mm. Your nickname, Beast. <laughs> Are you happy with that nickname? <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely adore that nickname. I'll tell you the reason. Uh-huh. I am a huge fan of Beast and Tawaira. Uh-huh. And when I started out at the prop position, I was automatically given that name, um, Beast. Beast. And, um, you know, I, I, I looked him up and saw his style of play. And I was like, this is definitely a beast. This is what I want to be like. Mm. 
and as a rugby player. So it's stuck. It's stuck from there on. And um, fortunately for me, I've had the opportunity to meet him in person. And indeed, what a beast. A beast <laughs> off the the field. beasts were together. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But on the field, he's just... He's a beast um, mm. type of a thing. So that's where, that's where it's, uh, it's stuck, really. And I, I mean, having adopted that one, uh, that name, uh, like you said, happy with it. You don't want to change. It's not like you're emulating anybody. Um, happy with Beast. <laughs> yes, I, I, I'm happy with that. I, I have no problems. I'm not emulating anyone, mm. but drawing inspiration from mm. that type of person. I mean, look at Beast. He's given his best years to to, to the game of rugby now um, in his retirement he's giving back to the game mm. um, not only to the game but to the youth as well so if there's anyone whom I draw inspiration from is definitely Beast. Beast with that said I also like you know getting to know you through this interview you've mentioned two female role models in Custa Semenya as well as Portia Mudise women mm. in the sporting sphere that you've looked up to has it been difficult to find a role model, female, in football? Because I guess being the first African female player to turn professional, is it that they, maybe within the borders of this country, few and far between? Well, for me, the most important thing that is that um, women in sport be visible. Um, you know, they have a voice, they be present, so that we can, in the first place, refer to them as role models. Mm. So um, I think that what Castor and um, and Portia have allowed of themselves is to be those role models, is to be visible, is to give people like them a voice. And it's from there, I think, that I too have sort of found um, courage and inspiration and motivation as well so that I can be sort of reassured in the sense that I too can be a good role model like they were mm. um, to, to, to young to young girls and boys, but girls um, girls in particular. And I think that is nothing that we're short of, um, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, you know, people like Tendi Katlana are wonderful, mm-hmm. um, wonderful role models um, in, within women's sport. Yosin Chendawondes mm-hmm. of, of women's rugby. I could, the, the list is, the list endless. is, is endless. Yeah. But the key thing is that we have to be visible and, 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 not audible, but be heard. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be some some or something that we speak of as if we're not too sure about it. So impact is important. Um, I think that to be an impactful role model, you have to be visible. A kid must be able to see you and look at you and say, "Hey, there's my point of reference." So I think that we are doing that um, beautifully here in Africa and in South Africa. And now I think is the best time that we present that to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. You talk about Noko, uh, well, I talk about Noko, you spoke about Tembi, but also, I mean, having moved to Spain, lived there, they play there, uh, mm. was it sort of a uh, a get-together as well, you know, to reminisce as women athletes about, I guess, when you get homesick, you know, and you're thinking about <laughs> home just to come together? <laughs> um, unfortunately, um, for me, I when, when Tembi went over um, and Noko, I... I had to return, or I was in South Africa, and mm. I, I couldn't, um, I couldn't get in um, due to COVID-related um, issues and travel regulations and so on. So it would have been had the timing been 
pinpoint perfect it would have been great yeah. you know to let you see someone you, you you know and and you know reminisce of, of home because we do get homesick trust mm. me mm. <laughs> but um i think when the time is right um you know i'll definitely meet them up in spain and um they're doing a fantastic job and and i really really um sort of applaud them for for what they're doing for south african women's football and yeah. african women's football 11th of Jan, you posted that to say that you won't be going to Spain. Mm-hmm. Is that door completely closed or is it closed only because of the pandemic? Well, for the time being, it's closed only because of the pandemic. In fact, it's not closed at all. Um, what we're dealing with is beyond anyone's control. And we've sort of figured out um, the best uh, way forward, uh, given the circumstances, circumstances which will be safe for me as a player and for the club. So that is nearly on hold. Okay. Um, yeah. What is life like in Spain? <laughs> well, um, as a first first time, I was my first time, it was my first time I'm living on my own abroad and everything. As you can imagine, everything was different. Yeah. Um, but not a culture shock completely. Okay. Um, but there were quite a few things that I missed about home. I missed the food. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the weather. Um, you know, and I've 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 sort of appreciated Isis and my home language mm. a lot more um when I was when I was in Spain, which I feel that I took for granted um, more than anything. But over above that it was it was actually a great appreciation of culture, of a different culture, um, for me. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like you fit in well, um, even having to make those adjustments. And like you said, uh, the door's not closed. Plans are on hold, uh, you know, TBC kind of thing. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about equality uh, for women's rugby here in South Africa. And if you had to put them on a scale and compare the countries, SA and Spain. Well, in all fairness, I think that um, South African women's rugby is quite young. Um, it's only 17 years old, and um, com- compare that to Spain, who has been playing, I believe, since 1986, even earlier. Um, so, of course, Spain has made quite significant developmental strides throughout the years, throughout the decade, uh, which is which would explain why they actually have a, a league, which um, you know signs players from abroad, etc. Mm. Here in South Africa, I think that um, we are in a more of in a developmental stage. And um, I think that over the over the years, or, or at least over the decades, um, there's been some good developments in terms of how we've grown the sport. Um, you know, make it a lot more accessible than it was ten years ago. So I think that here in South Africa, we 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 honor we honor a steady upward growth. But I think that. Um, we can do better in certain aspects, yeah. um, especially in comparison to the rest of the world. And I think going forward um, into the World Cup and beyond, um, there are some very good, um, you know, markers and and um, and milestones that I think that we can measure our growth um, with or from. Yeah. So overall, um, I think we're growing quite well. Of course, we are not without shortfalls, right. which I think we can do better in. 
But uh, man, it's been a fantastic, uh, fantastic growth. I think uh, over the past decade or so. Mm. And you make good points there in terms of our age. You know, at seventeen, you're really mm. a teenager. You know, versus uh, other parts of the country that have, or the world that have had rugby for longer. You also beat Kenya to qualify for the 2021 World Cup. I'm going to give you a word, and I want you to give me the first thing that comes to mind. All right. Leader. Inspirational. Captain. Uh, leader. <laughs> You're cheating. <laughs> but what does it mean? What does it mean if I had to, you know, roll mm. everything, your name, Babawa Lacha, captain, you know, leader. Um, and I guess you get to finish that sentence for me because as a captain, um you know, who are you? What are you? Are you the same person? Do you morph yourself into someone else? Um, but take me through that. I think I've been fortunate to be surrounded by women who are leaders in their own right. And the likes of Zinkin Bupa, who is the captain of the Sevens Women. And Nolu Sindiso Boy, who will be take, well, taking back her um her position as captain as well. So my tenor um, as the captain has been one that um, has been a learning curve for me. And, you know, I, I, I'm still the same Babalwa um, anywhere else, except now I'm tasked with, uh, you know, with the responsibility of being at the forefront mm. of um, of certain of certain things. But, um, yeah, I've, I've honestly um, embraced uh, that. And for me, being a leader, one, I have to be able to inspire those around me. I have to be impactful in the things that I do and lead by example. Not only must I talk the talk, but walk it too. Mm. And those around me must aspire to be better versions of themselves purely by just being around me and just being present. What type of a leader are you? I beg your pardon. What type of a leader are you? I mean, do you lean toward more servant leadership, authentic leadership? Um, what's your leadership style? Mm. I give so much of myself um, in in that leadership role. So primarily, mine is to serve my teammates, is to serve my team, and to serve my country. Because at the end of the day, essentially, all of us, whether you be captain or not. We are called to serve our country, just like a soldier would be called to go to war, God mm. forbid. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, that is essentially what it is, yeah. um, is to, to present the best version of South African women's rugby to whoever is watching. Yeah, to the world. So servant leadership. Your LLB graduate, how does that collide with your career in rugby? You know, I think that, like I always say, um, sport and education are two things that should never um, be separated. Um, for me, I, I see it coming to the fore from time to time in terms of, um, you know, how I will negotiate um, my contracts with teams. <laughs> um, you know, like the Spanish team, I literally did that on my own. You're like, give um, me more money. You know, type of a thing. You should not know it. <laughs> you know, and and just um, generally being, generally having, um, you know, a rather analytic eye for certain things. 
you know, not necessarily legal things, but because you are trained to to have that eye, it mm. helps sometimes, and even in game situations, type of a thing. But um, the goal, ultimately, is that I fuse that LLB with sport. So we'll, I would love to go into sports agency at a later stage. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think there is a, a niche or a market for. For, for women, professional, not, not even professional, but for women, South African women abroad. So someone must facilitate that. We should have more of, of um, South African rugby players playing their trade abroad. And someone has to initiate that. And yeah. someone has to facilitate that. Yeah. And I, I'd love to be, um, you know, the person who takes care of, of oh, that. that. That's amazing. <laughs> what would you say as you look back at how far you've come and where you've started, all the hiccups you've encountered as well, is that moment that you'll always go back to that you are ultimately proud of? Uh, what a what a what a journey! And it's quite difficult to pinpoint one. But I remember the day when my coach and mentor said to me, the very early days of of my career, he said to me, "I see your potential. You are going to change the." the landscape of women's rugby. You don't believe it now. You don't see it now. But at some point, you will believe it and you will see it. Mm. And every time I think of my career, I think of, you know, the achievements that I've gotten up to this day, I go back to his words. Mm. It was if he was prophesying something, he saw the potential and he saw the drive and the passion, even though at that time I didn't. He didn't yeah. But he, 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 he kept on you know, hitting on that, you know, driving um, that, that I had to believe it. And the turning point was when I started believing it, then my actions, you know, started validating that. It started qualifying mm. that. That was the changing point for me. And honestly, um, Romy, I, w- I would never have, have had the change of mindset, the change of heart, had I not met certain people um, in my life who put things together for me you know, who, who who sort of inspired something that I thought wasn't even possible mm. but made me to view things in, in completely different eyes. So in as much as I can boldly say that I'm Baba Lalacha, the first African female to ever play professional rugby, there are people behind the scenes who made me to believe that I could first before anything else. And... I'd always be grateful for those people. I have goosebumps with you having just said what your mentor said to you. For you to go out and live that is absolutely powerful. Where is the Lacha family? Are they on the sidelines cheering you on or are they still trying <laughs> to persuade you to choose another career? <laughs> <laughs> oh, not not at all. Not at all. My my family has been supportive from day one and I'm so grateful to them as well. Um, we are a sporting family and so they understand they under- Understood, and that no matter what sport coach, but the impact that sport has on anyone is incredible. So they've always been supportive, um, especially my father. And um, you know, they've come to my games quite a few times. And he's even helped me with some of 
some on a lot of my training, um, yeah. I would force him into one-on-one scrums. Imagine, mm. poor guy. <laughs> but um, you know, they've always been supportive, and um, I think the rugby bug is also wrapping off because my 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 sister has I taken up the so. sport as well. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> they say charity begins at home, and you've done just that in terms of your influence with everything Mm. that has been said and done. And I wish you were right here in front of me because, I mean, I can talk a book and getting to know you has just been phenomenal. What is on your to-do list? You know, it seems like you're living out your wildest dream, but um, are you and are there other boxes that you haven't yet ticked? Um, Well, yes, on my to-do list is, um, you know, contributing uh, to, to the growth and development of Women's Rugby in South Africa, and one of the vehicles for that is, in fact, the Gauteng Women's Rugby Institute, mm-hmm. for which I am an ambassador of. Um, it, too, is the first of its kind, and it stands for the core values um, which I hold dear, which is education mm-hmm. and sport. Because once we educate young girls using sport as a vehicle, we change an entire or an entire narrative of, enti- of an entire generation. Yeah. So that is, is one of the things that is um, quite close to my heart. Um, I'm involved with quite a few um, organizations and that, again, speaks specifically to the holistic development of young people, be it boys um, or girls. Um, but the immediate thing on my to-do list right now is to actually um, go to the World Cup, uh, compete in the World Cup and, um, you know, give the best um, possible version of South African women's rugby to the world. And, you know, I'd love to continue to plan my trade abroad, not necessarily in Spain, but the dream is to play in the top, um, you know, English Premier League. And mm. um, I think that would be something that would be on 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 my bucket list. And, uh, you know, yeah, there's... Uh, and also to find things. out who sent you those flowers, right? <laughs> That too. <laughs> that too. I've got some good. I've got good investigative skills. So, so do leave I. that to me. If you need some backup, <laughs> give me a shout. But Baba, it's been a pleasure chatting. Thank you so very much for making time for us here on the Touchline. We'll be keeping a close eye and all the best for the World Cup. We hope to get a word in or two with you there before you leave. You know everything. We want to know every bit about it. Thank you so much, Rom. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting. Um, with you. And I will pass your message to the rest of the team that you wish us all the best heading into the World Cup. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Baba Walacha there having a word with us. Wow, guys, I could talk a book with this lady who is absolutely just focused on where she's going and what she's doing. And I I enjoyed having that chat with her and I hope you did too. The most expensive lips on the radio is coming up. Uh, we're going to play some music before I say goodbye and just sit back and reminisce on... A woman in sport, a captain, a leader, a lady who hails from Kyalicha, who's become the first African female to turn professional and to just want, she just wants to take the sport um, to its highest heights and show the world what South Africa is made of. If you're not inspired the way I am, then I don't know.